You have arrived at your destination. Destination Podcast, your resident cartoon junkie Brandon Jones here, another solo episode for you where we're just going to go over some of the news and talk about stuff and then we're going to probably talk about a little bit of a few things I haven't really talked about before on here. It's kind of different, haven't really talked about the Crunchyroll High Guardian Spice controversy, which I kind of wanted to uh, weigh myself in on now that everything's sort of calmed down from its initial... Uh, uh, debut uh, on their on their trailer and everything. So, or well, not really a trailer. It was more of a, uh, a soapbox, I guess. Uh, but no, uh, I wanted to kind of talk about that and uh, express my feelings on uh, the controversy that's been sort of surrounding that. Uh, but I also wanted to give my thoughts on some other stuff and uh, some of the news that's been out there. Uh, first of all, I'd like to give, this wasn't really worth a full episode, so uh, this is all just going to be news and simple stuff, so going to be a short one. I'm just going to give my take on a few things and uh, hope that it entertains everybody out there. Um, but I want to talk about the next, I want to talk about Next Gen on Netflix, uh, which was a uh, a Chinese studio uh, animated feature uh, by Boju Studio uh, that was picked up by Netflix. It was made for American audiences. Um, but a, a Chinese studio wanted to basically make an American-style animated movie um, for you know American audiences and everything, and couldn't get a distribution for any theater releases. Uh, but Netflix picked it up uh, for about thirty million, I think, uh, to put it up on theirs, and they advertised it pretty well uh, to get it out there, and it's getting some good reviews. Uh, it's got a bit of an Iron Giant feel, maybe a little bit of Big Hero Six, uh, but it's about uh, this little girl named May who befriends a, uh, a military robot um, that's uh, played by John Kratzenberg, or, or uh, no, John Krasinski, that's it, not Kratzenberg, that's completely wrong, uh, John Krasinski, um, uh, Jim from The Office, if you, if you don't, uh, if you watch The Office, or 13 Hours, 13 Hours is a great movie, everyone should watch 13 Hours if you don't, if you can't unsee Jim from The Office, Watch 13 Hours. That's uh, proof that Michael Bay can make a good movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, Next Gen is uh, a pretty okay movie. That's about as, I, I don't have as much to say about it to make a full episode on it. So, um, you know, I, I figured I'd just put my feelings into it here. The animation is really good. It's uh, very, very well animated. Uh, it looks, looks right up there with... Uh, uh, maybe with a little bit of tweaking, it'd be right up there with any Disney flick, any Disney 3D animated feature. Um, but I love the character designs. I think they're they're sort of they're more fresh than normal. They do sort of have that kind of homogenized uh, 3D uh, model aspect to them. That's kind of softness that's in all of them. That I wish a lot of them would kind of come away from. I just like to see experimentation with certain aspects of things, but you know, but the character designs are pretty good. Uh, May is unique looking. I liked the 
there's a montage at the beginning that sort of like kind of sees sees her kind of going more more and more rebellious. Uh, it, it has interesting takes on on certain things because you actually have like uh, an inattentive mother who doesn't really know she's being inattentive, um, and uh, you know a kid sort of going through a, a crisis of conscience, a crisis of identity, uh, then finding this robot friend and sort of like finding a better path uh, to life through this friendship which is a little bit weird um yeah but it it's pretty good and it has a very um it sort of shifts tone to like your basic superhero movie towards the end uh but it has a pretty decent iron giant-esque type ending uh that's not really a spoiler uh just give it a watch if you want um but yeah it's 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 got a good uh good musical score uh good voice acting the dialogue's a little weak um and i don't Here's the thing. I like Charlene Yee, who plays May, the main character. She also plays uh, Ruby in uh, Steven Universe. I like her. I think she has a unique voice, and I, I think that's why she's typically cast, because of her, the uniqueness of her voice. It's sort of, like, like very squeaky, but not, like, it, it, it's a unique voice, to say the least. Uh, but I, I don't think she has the acting chops in a lot of cases. Um, when she tries to do, like, the different Rubies, like... Some of it feels a little bit forced. Uh, in here, she actually, I, I think, uh, I, I think the director, I, I think whatever her voice direction was, was on point because uh, she actually uh, really, really does very good in this movie, uh, much better than she does with a lot of Steven Universe stuff. Um, and again, I'm not saying she's untalented by any stretch. I think she's always been fine, but there's just been like little parts where like she couldn't quite uh, hit in Steven Universe that I noticed. So. Um, it was, uh, you know, but it, she, she really, she really did a, a great job for this one. So, uh, good on her. She's doing good stuff and I hope to see her in more things, uh, as well as, uh, I'd like to see more, uh, animated movies get picked up by Netflix, especially from China because China's really stepping up their game. Um, I'm pretty stoked to see some more stuff by them. Uh, but yeah, pretty cool. Uh, the next thing up... Uh, is She-Ra and the Princesses of Power finally has a, quote, trailer out. Again, it's not showing a whole lot. They're not showing a lot of this, but we finally do get to see some of the animation in action, um, and I love how it looks uh, animation-wise. The way uh, the way everything flows together uh, looks really good. Um, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the design. Um, I think it's, it's a little bit too... Uh, it's a bit too soft, it's a bit too, uh, you know, I'll say it, it's a bit too Steven Universe-esque, um, and it just, it feels like an action cartoon like She-Ra or He-Man or something like that would need a more, um, you know, a more, uh, let's say it, uh, Studio Mir style. It just, it, it deserves that sort of Voltron, that sort of Korra-esque style to it. That's just the way that I would optimally look at it or the the thundercats the 2011 thundercats cartoon that's just the style that i would perceive this to have um that said i think this looks really good um i i i love the the fact that they're keeping all the all the real story points other than her other than the her being he-man's brother or sister 
which I think they'll probably maybe get into later on. They might expand out to everything to, to more after that. But she is like a princess that was taken at birth and she's in the Horde army and she's, you know, realizes her destiny later on. And it, it seems pretty cool that they're, you know, they're keeping all of that stuff because that's the most interesting part of She-Ra is her, uh, the fact that she was in the Horde army and was this, you know, like evil uh, captain for an evil uh, uh, organization or army that she basically broke away from that and became the leader of a rebellion against it. And that's that's the most interesting part of She-Ra to me. Not that she's He-Man's sister, uh, although that as a kid that was obviously like a, you know a, a drawing in point because when you want to get a kid interested in something, you say, "Oh, it's like that thing that you like too," and they're like, "Oh." Uh, and I was like She-Ra as a kid. Uh, the animation, the, the limited animation they show, they show the transformation. It's a really good transformation scene. Um, it's just a teaser trailer. Uh, voice acting sounds good. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a good show, uh, despite uh, the backlash against the, the character design, which in some cases I can understand, because I am also sort of uh, just, it, it, it's not as, as it, when you picture She-Ra, Princess of Power, you picture, you know, the, something kind of larger than life, and this just kind of looks like something you'd see on, uh, you know, uh, Cartoon Network, or, like, it, it looks like something that would show up on Gumball, and would look impressive, it, it would look impressive on Gumball, but if you stick it next to anything in Avatar, it doesn't look that impressive, so, uh, and it just might have been me, kind of, it might have been, you know, a little bit of myself, like, kind of wanting the idea of, uh, Studio Mir doing the new She-Ra cartoon for DreamWorks, like that's something I wanted to do for. A, I, I would love to have seen for a while, but uh, they seem to be nailing character. Uh, I think characters are, uh, are are pretty much the that's going to be the the secret weapon for this show. I think they're going to nail the characters very well, and uh, and uh, it, it should be a real good one. And I hope everybody else gives it a chance. Don't uh, just uh, throw it out just because you don't. Uh, uh, you don't like the design. I'm not a huge fan of the design either, but give it a shot. I think you'll enjoy it. I think it'll be a good time. Um, uh, Fairy Tale is coming back in October. Uh, October 7th, I believe. Uh, the week of October 7th. Uh, we'll have Fairy Tale back, so in a couple weeks, uh, we'll be talking Fairy Tale again, which is great. I mean to do the last season of Fairy Tale, actually, before we start back up. Maybe I'll do that in a couple of weeks and uh, get some. Get, uh, call up Alex and Mitch and we'll do up some fairy tale because that's that's a good idea uh, since it's coming back we gotta we gotta finish off the last bit of it and uh, and, and do the new one so uh, fairy tales coming back can't wait for that um, other bit of news that came out and this is the big one that happened this week uh, and I'm getting to it right now uh, which is pretty great that I had to that I got to get to this uh, right now and I'd like to talk about it is uh, there will be a new live-action Avatar series, The Last Airbender, coming to Netflix. Um, it will be done by the original creators, Brike, uh, uh, Brian, uh, Brian Konietzko, and uh, uh, Michael Dante DiMartino. Uh, they'll be doing... Uh, they'll be uh, heavily involved with the production of this thing. It's an interesting thing. Um, I, 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 I'm glad that Brake is involved with it. Um... But I, I don't know. It'll be helmed by them, so I think it, obviously it'll be very um, titular for you know like the characterization of everything. I think it'll be you know on on point. But it's a little weird they're going live action because this is such an animated world that it's hard for me to even 
understand how they would approach this with a TV budget. You have flying bison, you have arctic settings, you have uh, magical martial arts elemental powers, uh, you have mixture uh, animals like wolf bats and things like that. I just don't see how you're going to get the scale of what this show was. There was such scale to Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, the world was huge. You were running around on a, on a giant sky bison, seeing every inch of it as they explored new areas to uh, adopt power, you know, to adopt a new power for, for Aang. And it just, it made, it, it makes so much sense to do something like that in animation and to see it uh, coming back in a live action sense. I just don't know if I can get excited about that as much. Um, obviously, being the tune junkie that I am and being an animation podcast, it's hard to, you know, it's, it's going to be harder to sell me on a live action version of it. Uh, but what I do like is that the interest in Avatar is not dying. Uh, the interest in The Last Airbender uh, uh, world is still circulating. You have uh, a Kyoshi light novel coming out next year. You have a new uh, Aang, a Last Airbender comic book coming out from Dark Horse. You have this new television series happening. So it's not going away. So that leads me to believe that there will be more things in the future, um, that Netflix is now interested in doing things on on their pro, on their uh, program with this property uh, because it's still a property that sells. It's still a property that's very that makes a lot of money, regardless if Nickelodeon wants to admit that or not. And I don't think I think Nickelodeon admits that. I think they just don't have the right uh, place to put it in their programming, which is a little weird to me. If, if that's the case, I think then you make more programming to match it. But uh, because it's clearly something that people want to see, so why not? elicit that audience as well. So it, 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 it makes sense to be like, Hey, here's the kid oriented stuff. Here's the loud house, which is a great show. Here's the loud house. Here's a new episode of SpongeBob every five months. Um, and then here's the more like teen and adult oriented, uh, programming and get more of that in there. Um, uh, there was a there was a pilot called Constant Pain that came out forever ago that I need to do a podcast on. I need to do a podcast on a lot of the pilots that have come out, and uh, like that would go perfectly with things like Korra. It was a pilot that was animated by Madhouse Productions, and it was fantastic. And like, something like that, like in a, in a Last Airbender or Korra uh, block, like that plus that would be amazing if they just did it right. But this tells me that Netflix has interest in doing a show, so if they ever, and they love doing more animation and stuff like that, DreamWorks has, has cornered a market in animation within Netflix. Like, so many DreamWorks animated feature, uh, uh, animated uh, shows are coming out for Netflix. Uh, their own properties are even coming out on Netflix um, uh, that don't have a movie based on it at all. They have the Trolls movie, obviously, but they have other shows that aren't based on a movie property coming out. They even do, they're even doing Shira and Voltron. Like they're getting that that nostalgia factor in for their stuff too. So uh, DreamWorks has really cornered a market. I think uh, if if the if the interest in Avatar uh, in The Last Airbender is still there, I think this show will prove it. Especially if it's good, I think people will stick around for it and they will enjoy it. Uh, but it's a retelling of the story. 
and uh, we'll see we'll see what it, what it's like. I'm sure I think it'll be very faithful retelling, but it's just I, I don't know if it's going to be uh, as good or even cl- it, it it's hard to live up to my favorite show of all time. That's that's the biggest problem that it has to itself. So for me anyway, uh, so it should be interesting to see. Um, uh, let's see. Last bit of news before I get to the uh, controversy I wanted to talk about is uh, the Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet official trailer 2 has finally hit, and we finally are revealed with some plot. Some plot is finally there. Um, so, yeah, uh, we finally got a little bit of, uh, you know, um, actually what's going on. So, uh, Candy Crush, the steering wheel breaks, or not Candy Crush, uh, um, Sugar Rush, Sugar Rush, the racing game that uh, Vanellope's in, uh, the steering wheel breaks, so they have to unplug it. So they all have to get out of the. They all have to get out of the game, and then they go on the internet to try and find the steering wheel for the game to plug it back in. Uh, so that's that's the actual plot of the movie. They haven't really revealed that at all, um, and it seems to be sort of like a, a a diverging of ways of Vanellope and Ralph about what each one of them wants. Um, I think Vanellope's wanting to go and do something new and something fresh and something, you know, just kind of live on the internet forever, I guess. And, uh, Ralph's doing the other thing and it'll be like a nice, uh, little, uh, you know, will they, won't they get back to, of course they'll get back together or they'll be, you know, friends again, obviously. But, you know, it, it, it surprised me with the last one of like wanting to do, you know, the, the last one was very much about like, you know, finding yourself and, you know, you know, having that, that self-worth in who you are, all that stuff. So it seems to be kind of taking that direction with, uh, Vanellope and the, 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 the headlights of this one too. So we'll see what, uh, we'll see what it's like. I, I think it looks, it looks better than the last few trailers have looked because the last few trailers have just been the jokes and they haven't been re- revealing any plot. And I thought the plot was going to be very basic, very, you know, like, like, uh, direct-to-video Disney sequel-esque where it's just like random villain who's kind of silly is going to want to take over the internet and Ralph's the key or some, you know, nonsense, but they're actually taking a, an interesting take on it. So I think it looks pretty good. So uh, I might, I'm a little more excited to see it, which is what trailers are supposed to, to do in the first place. So, um, and that's going to do it for the news for this week. Um, which is great that I got to do that, uh, so close to the week itself. I'd like to go into my basic, the topic of the week, which is the Crunchyroll High Guardian Spice controversy, okay? I'm going to lay this out as much as I possibly can for you. Okay, so Crunchyroll is dipping into, Crunchyroll being the, uh, the anime, uh, um, uh, I guess delivery system, uh, the most popular anime delivery system, uh, since... Oh, good lord! Since uh, the late two thousands, I think since the late the late aughties, um, uh, Crunchyroll has always been. It started off as sort of a sort of an illegal streaming service. Uh, it would just sort of stream uh, as much uh, anime as possible. But when it was copyrighted and available here, they would pull it down immediately. They would never show anything that wasn't available for people to stream. Um, later on, they sort of became a subscription based service. And they would get the rights to certain anime with as negotiating with uh, studios in Japan, and they would get the rights to start streaming over here. This is at the same time that Viz Media started doing the same thing over on Hulu. Hulu started doing simulcasts of things uh, such as Inuyasha, Sailor Moon R, uh, things like that. 
and things would, or Sailor Moon Crystal, sorry, uh, they would start doing simulcasts where it happened in Japan, and then it would uh, cast over to here. Inuyasha, the final season is what I meant to say, the, the last season or whatever it was called, like the final adventure, which is like the last few episodes of Inuyasha uh, to cap off the manga. Um, so, uh, what's interesting about this, what's interesting about this is they've, they've sort of launched into, uh, its own sort of, uh, conglomerate of, of anime, uh, uh, provision for, for American audiences. Um, and the whole point is that it's a subscription-based service, so you pay about $6 a month. I think you can pay that annually, but be about $6 a month. And uh, you can have unlimited access to all the anime that they have rights to. Funimation started doing this as well. Um, and then Verve, they both teamed, or they didn't, Crunchyroll created Verve, but they teamed up with other uh, streaming sites, uh, such as Funimation, uh, to get as much anime as frickin' possible. And now you can go on Verve, which I, of course, talk about Verve on here all the time. Uh, even though the app is terrible and sucks and doesn't work and they need to fix that, um, you know, they, uh, they they provide me with as much anime as possible, and I, and I love that. So Verve is actually my favorite streaming service as of right now because of the animation and the, the anime that's available there. Um, so Crunchyroll's in charge of that as well. They have an, they have an enormous... An, an, inordinate amount of money to put where they want to put it. And they uh, announced, I think in like a little presser, like uh, about a year ago, that they wanted to start making their own anime. Um, they started wanting to make their own production and stuff like that. Um, uh, so a year later, or a year and a half, I think maybe later, they finally put out, with, with little with little announcements about this production at all, really, um, they put out a a I don't want to say trailer because it wasn't sort of a a press piece on their new show High Guardian Spice, um, which is quote anime inspired, <laughs> um, and uh, immediately when watching this you can kind of see that it's not very anime inspired. It's more Western cartoon inspired by anime inspired. Uh, it's very Steven Universe, and again, I said this before about uh, uh, Shira. Shira has its own sort of look to it, um, but this definitely is 100%. You could place these characters in a Steven Universe episode easily. It wouldn't even like look juxtaposition. These characters look exactly like that. And again, I don't hate that look. I actually think it can be very... I think it's actually very cute. It can be very uh, appealing to the eye, especially for children, especially for families. Um, and I, I do like the look of High Guardian Spice. If you want to go look at it, um, I think the I think it looks very good. Um, the The art design is actually quite uh, impressive. It's not anime inspired, which is like the first bit of controversy that it sort of spurred up because they're like, "Oh, it's anime inspired." Um, uh, not only that, another controversy, which I can t kind of understand, and I'm going to go over this one first, is a lot of people seem to be like, oh, you're using the money that people are subscribing to Crunchyroll with to make your own anime rather than it going to the anime studios that you're, you know, uh, that, that are, that you're licensing the work from and the reason people are actually giving you money is for that. Um, I can understand that, uh, that, um, that mentality, but it seems to me that it's pretty obvious that this is overflow money. Like, it's not taking away money that's going to the anime studios because they already reached the deal that they reached about, you know, the licensing for their for their work. Um, so they're already getting their chunk of the money from Crunchyroll's subscription service. Otherwise, they wouldn't have the rights to these things. Um, and, like, it's very clear they're, they're not 
taking money away from that aspect of their service just to supplement this animation. I think this is surplus that they are using to create more animation. So right off the bat, that argument to me doesn't really seem to be a lot of, uh, doesn't hold a lot of weight. Um, I, I, I would already venture a guess to say that like those those deals are already in the books and there's no reason to change it to give them more money if they have a satisfactory amount of money to produce stuff for, you know, to send stuff over here and have it produced and have it uh, subtitled. Uh, I think that's already taken care of. So the idea that this is taking money away from anime studios in Japan is uh, silly to me. Um, I don't think that's even remotely the case. Uh, so I, I think that one has its least amount of credibility uh, as, a, as a complaint. Uh, another uh, interesting take on it is the fact that Crunchyroll is in a lot of um, has a lot of quirks and uh, a lot of disarray with a lot of their players. They're still using Flash Player for some reason. I don't know why. Verve, I don't think Verve doesn't use Flash Player. It uses HTML5. Uh, for all you Cody's out there, that just means inferior versus uh, superior uh, version of of streaming uh, video. Um, nobody uses, nobody wants to use Flash anymore. Flash is, is a dead thing. It's, it's, it's not a thing anymore to be used. Flash player needs to die horribly. It's for, it's for phone games. That's about all it's for. Um, uh, so, and even then HTML5 has taken that over. So it's, it's not something that's really needed anymore. And yet Crunchyroll still stubbornly kind of holds on to the Flash thing because they don't want to update their systems, I guess. I don't know. It's very bizarre. Uh, also the Verve app sucks. The Verve app is garbage. The Verve app does not work. I try to watch Verve on my Roku. It doesn't work. Not only does it not, it, it's, it's not like, oh, it works sometimes. It never works. It crashes my Roku TV every time I try to use it. It crashes the entire thing. It has to restart and I have to turn it back on. It's such a garbage app. I can't believe that they actually launched it. It's so bad that it should not have even met the basic quality assurance of anything. Um, the Verve app is absolute trash, and it needs to be worked on really badly. So maybe there's an argument to pour your resources into upgrading your system so you're not using Flash Player anymore, upgrading the Verve app so that it actually has uh, functionality and actually works on a Roku, and maybe just has like a skip to next episode button. That'd be great too. The thing that all streaming services have, like Hulu and Netflix and everything, you have a skip to next episode button. Verve doesn't have that. You literally have to go to the end of the episode or just scroll down to the next episode on the on the queue and click it. You can't just click the little arrow button for the next episode in the queue, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. It should be a very easy JavaScript to place in there. It should not be that hard for, for the, uh, the abundance of things that are going on. But anyway, um, so... That's one argument you could have is you're taking money and you're putting it towards an animation, you know, you're putting it towards a cartoon, the, the production of an entire cartoon, which is a lot of money. It's not like it's a small amount of money to produce a, a fully, an, fully 2D animated feet, you know, uh, cartoon. Uh, it takes a lot of money to do this. You could take that and throw it at development, at research and development, at some R&D to make your apps and your, and your uh, browser uh, applications better. Um, Maybe do that. Maybe clean your room before starting to expand. You know, clean your own house before you start. You know, uh, throwing out other other things. So that that argument I think is pretty 
pretty good to make. Uh, Crunchyroll has kind of missed the mark on a lot of these things. There's a lot of cr- uh, criticisms you can make about them. That's the m- more legitimate one uh, than the other. But here's the big one, and I'm going to tread lightly on this. I'm not going to, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't want to alienate any listeners. I don't want to give my opinion on certain things to, to alienate one way or the other. Um, but there's a certain amount of uh, of diversity pushed in this thing. And I don't mind diversity being pushed. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, uh, especially if you want to talk about it being in your your cast and all that stuff, because I like, I like diverse-looking characters in a cartoon. It's a visual medium. I like to see different characters there. I think it's a very... Uh, I think it's a very... Uh, um, you know, it's a very viable argument to take to say, like, hey, this is... Uh, you know, hey, this is... Um, you know, it's a visual medium. We have different-looking characters. All these characters look different. Um, and they look different from each other. I'll give them that. But a lot of them sort of just look like uh, some stuff taken from Steven Universe, which is, again, fine. Um, uh, I think the character designs in this look very good. I like them. My biggest problem, and this is my, and this is a, a big critique of it, my biggest problem is that you sort of push that only in this whole thing. If you go and watch the thing, if you go and watch the uh, the teaser for this thing, they pretty much only opt to tell you that, oh, we have a really diverse group of characters. They never name a single character. They never tell you what a character is like. They show you the characters, which is good, because sometimes you can get a feel for character by just showing, and if you can do that visually, which they do very good with some of them. Some of them visually, you can kind of get a sense of their personality uh, from just the the model sheets, which is fine. Um, but it, it it's a bit off to just push that and not tell me anything about the show. There's even a point where they there, there's even a point they make to where it's like, oh well, we have a really diverse cast and we have a really diverse uh, uh, group of of producers. Uh, where it's 50% men, 50% women, and also 100% women in the writer's room. And 100% samey-looking women in a writer's room is not the thing of diversity to me. And I don't care who's in your writer's room. I don't care. If it's 100% women and you think they have the best job of telling the stories that, you, that, you're, that you're telling, awesome. Fantastic. Because it seems like you're kind of going for a Steven Universe-esque vibe. Uh, you know, and Steven Universe is huge in women audiences, so it's very obvious that writers who are into that sort of thing would obviously write it very well. I don't care that you have 100, 100% women in the writer's room. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure there's people out there saying, like, I don't want women writing video, writing video games, or writing cartoons, which is silly. Anyone who says that is probably a troll or doesn't watch cartoons anyway. So don't worry about those people. Uh, I think it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you're presenting me with a show, I don't care who's in your writer's room unless you have, like, a top writer. Like, she kind of makes sense because you have uh, the writer for Lumberjanes there, and she kind of has, like, a lot of, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, she has a lot of uh, a pull with, with, uh, with character writing and stuff like that because Lumberjanes is a good book, won a lot of awards. So it makes sense to, like, kind of advertise her. Um, I don't care who's in your writer's room of your, of your cartoon uh, it, un- unless it's like a notable person, if you got Gendy Tartakovsky or uh, or um, Lauren Faust, uh, if you have Lauren Faust on the team, you know it's like yeah, I definitely want to hear that you have Lauren Faust on the team. Like they're they're animation legends, of course you want to pull them in and talk about how they're in the writers' room. Um, but it's it just like you have a bu- you have a bunch of people in there that are just you're sort of going on and on about how you have this diverse crew and diverse cast and diverse. Thing. 
but you're not telling me anything about the cartoon. You even go so it, it, it's it, it's sort of comical. I could I could make like a parody video of it, like somebody who's like interested in this, who's like, oh, I'm not insulted by this art style at all. That looks interesting to me. Uh, this is High Guardian Spice, where the the characters go to school to learn to be guardians. Okay, cool. What's the guardian? What are guardians? We have a diverse cast. Uh, okay, but what's a guardian? Uh, it's like it's a magical realm and and blah blah blah. But and it's all written by women. Okay, but what's the magic like? Who are the characters? Hey, that character looks cool. They even show, like, model sheets. That character looks cool. What's her name? What's her deal? What's her personality? What's that character? What's his personality? He looks interesting. Does he have a... What? You just... They just keep moving along and not telling you anything about the actual show. And they're more talking about, like, how it's uh, this this diverse cast or whatever. And I, and I, I can see, like, the marketing idea behind that. But I don't think anyone cares I don't think anyone really cares that you have, like, a, that, that's like a secondary thing. It's like, oh, here's this thing we made that's really good. Let's show them the thing that's really good or talk about the thing that we that we really liked making. And then mention, like, hey, also, this was made by a very diverse group and 100% women's staff writing, whatever you want to plug afterwards. Because um, if you make something good and then you just kind of have the cast list up, People will already notice that, like, oh, this was a really good show. Wonder who wrote this one. Oh, is that girl whatever? And uh, I, I like her work. I'm going to start watching more episodes that she writes or or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, when Steven Universe debuted, they talked about Steven Universe. When, uh, you know, when cartoons start to debut, they talk about the characters that they're that they're going to... You've seen those little things where they, they, they have, uh, uh, you know, like, where they talk about the show. Even regular television shows, they'll tell you about the characters. They won't tell you about who's in the writer's room. It just doesn't... Everything about the marketing for this thing was just compl- done completely wrong. And I, and I, I don't know what they were thinking with it. Um, it, it, it was... It's a bit silly to to go there. And again, I'm not saying diversity is bad. I'm not saying 100% women in the writer's room is bad. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying if you're trying to sell me your show, talk about your show. I don't care who's in the writer's room. It's never mattered to me who's in the writer's room. You know, you have equally amazing stuff coming from Craig McCracken and Lauren Faust. And when they work together, some of the best shows ever get put out, like Wander Over Yonder which is a criminally underrated cartoon with only two criminally underrated seasons. Um, and, you know, that was made by a man and a woman. It was 50%. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a bit weird. Uh, it, it's, it's very... It, 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 sort of, it, it sort of lends the idea that... And I don't think they did. I don't think they had an agenda towards it. But it lends to the idea that you had an agenda to push... Sort of like that Ghostbusters movie in 2016, where it was just a really bad comedy that Sony was releasing that had the Ghostbusters label on it. And so they just uh, said, oh, you don't like it because it's all women. No, we didn't like it because it was bad, and that's why it bombed. And it wasn't funny, and you had a bad director attached to it. That's why it bombed. It was bad. It was a bad comedy, which is what Sony makes. Um, You know, it had nothing to do with it being all women. Uh, so it just, it, it kind of has that feel of like, oh, if we, if we plug it as like, oh, all these women are writing it, then we can use that as the idea of it being a shield if it's bad, 
which doesn't put a lot of confidence in what's there. It's very bizarre. And I don't think that's the reason they did it. I think they just sort of had the idea that, like, oh, we'll talk about how... I think they're proud that they were like, oh, we have this all-females writer room, and we have 50% uh, female cast, and we want to we wanna talk that up, because I think they, you know, just kind of had stars in their eyes about, you know, like, really talking about it. And, and I don't think anyone really cares. And when you start to do that, you start to push that stuff ahead of what you're actually producing and the the characters that you have, it sort of lends the idea that you're that you're sort of like leaning towards an agenda or trying to trying to push me down a path that I'm supposed to supposed to um, uh, uh, like this thing on the fact that it's diverse alone rather than it actually being a good product. It, it's it kind of has that connotation to it, and I don't think that you meant to do that. But I think that's the idea that came across, which is why you had to turn off rating systems and, uh, well, I think the rating system is still on their YouTube video, but they had to turn off the comments entirely because obviously you're going to get trolled with comments and that's going to bring in more of the trolls to come in and say like, women shouldn't be, blah, blah, you know, those silly, you know, guys and, 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 and trollish kind of comments or whatever. But I think a lot of people just were sort of turned off by the idea of what you were, uh, of, of how you marketed it. It was bizarre. It was a, it was a weird way to do it. And, and that's my take on it. I, it, it, I don't think I was in the middle there. I sort of have a, a strong feeling on how it was marketed as being, it was, it was really bad the way you marketed this thing. I'm still pretty excited for High Guardian Spice. Not super excited. I think when it comes, I'm, I'm probably, when it comes out, I'll be like, oh, cool, I'll watch it. Um, but what I remember more about High Guardian Spice than anything right now is the fact that it caused this big controversy that everybody's been freaking out about. So if you didn't know about the controversy, welcome to the controversy. <laughs> Sorry to drag you in. Uh, I, I just like to watch cartoons and enjoy them. That's what I like to do. Uh, so I don't like to really like push on into into uh, into controversies like that, especially not for this show. I do like talking about controversies and, and things like that off the cuff and not on this podcast, but it's an animation celebration podcast. I don't really like to crap on things, especially before it's even come out. I just think they they marketed it wrong, and I think that's the main reason there's a lot of pushback. It's always something in the middle. It's never because, like, oh, the world is misogynistic. They don't want women making a thing. Or, or you know, like, oh, they're pushing their agenda on us. There's the, they don't want any men in their, in their cartoon, and it's weird. You know, it's somewhere in the middle. Like, it's always somewhere in the middle. Uh, you know, just, just, just remember that. Uh, typically, when things are being created, especially uh, animation, there's not an agenda behind it. It's typically because they want to make something that they've always wanted to make because it's very hard to make cartoons. It's very, very hard to make cartoons. It's not very typical that agendas get pushed through it. And sometimes, yes, there's propaganda cartoons that were made. I know it. not saying it never happens. But I'm saying for a typical, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to, uh, pause it. It's 11 minute episodes on a season of 11 minute episodes produced for uh, audience consumption. Gonna go ahead and say that it's probably not just full of propaganda to throw at people. You know, it's not something that's very viable to do when you can when you do that. I say that, but then there's OKKO, which has some stupid propaganda episodes in it. Uh, but um, that, that's neither here nor there. Uh, every now and then you're going to put a voice into something like that. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think it was somewhere in between and they just sort of marketed it wrong and it just sort of pissed off both sides and everybody's sort of screaming at each other now. And I think people need to just c calm down, push back, come out with the next trailer, 
tell us who the characters are, because there are good characters that you've made, and I want to learn about them. There was one that was, like, three girls, like, aligned, or it was... I don't even know. This this is the problem. It was it was what looked like three triplets that sort of, like, look similar, but are definitely different. Was that triplets, or was that three designs on one character that you hadn't decided on yet? I don't know, because you didn't say it. You just showed me the production photo. It's a little odd to, to show anything when you don't have anything to say about it. That's my that's my thing. Uh, so next time it rolls around, when you get some of the animation in, High Guardian Spice will come back with a trailer, and I'll watch it, and we'll see how it looks, and it'll probably look just fine. Uh, and uh, and maybe, maybe next time if you're going to say, like, oh, it's anime-inspired, have an anime look to it as well. That's the other uh, controversy, is like, you're saying it's anime-inspired, but it's more Western cartoon inspired by anime inspired. Um, so, you know, there's different directions you could have taken. I'm still, I'm still uh, stoked that new animation is coming out from a studio, from another studio. Uh, I always want more animation. I think we're in an animation renaissance right now, what with Netflix and Amazon really pushing their uh, animation studio or uh, 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 wings and like getting uh, original animated features and cartoons. Uh, and I like to support them. I like to watch all of them, uh, you know, because I, I want to see more animation happen in different uh, aspects and different uh, mediums, and uh, and I, I'm super stoked that there's more coming out there. So High Guardian Spice is a thumbs up for me. Uh, the marketing is a thumbs down, uh, but High Guardian Spice, I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be great. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's going to do it, guys, for this episode of the Animation Destination Podcast. Wow, I rambled for 40 minutes. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe that. Uh, anyway, uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks again for showing up for this solo episode. I just had to get one out this week, and uh, glad I could talk about some stuff that I hadn't been able to talk about for the past few weeks, and also some stuff that came out this week, like the Avatar show. Uh, yep, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, stay tuned. Oh, I can't say it yet, because uh, next week... We've got The Dragon Prince. I wanted to give everybody some time to watch The Dragon Prince, which is the new show by Aaron Ahaz. Uh, I think that's how you say his name. If it's not, uh, Aaron Ahaz, uh, call me or tweet at me and uh, let me know if that's how you say your name. Uh, but no, uh, go check that out by one, uh, by Wonderstorm Studios on Netflix. Um, well, I'll let you know what I like thought about it next week uh, because that's going to be recorded uh, pretty soon and you'll be learning about it next week. But go check it out first. Uh, and stay tuned because ne- or next week we're doing Dragon Prince, so stay tuned. Thank you for listening, D N N.